I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we can hear him. This is <laughs> Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs here at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online on this rainy Saturday morning, 800-966-WTIC. 522-WTIC are the numbers. We are broadcasting live over at WTIC's Facebook page as well. And you can you know put comments in there too. If you have any questions, we'll try to get them out over the air as well. Um, so we figured we'd start today off with how much speed do you need? Um, and this comes down to internet speed. And I bring this up because a, a fan of the show, we'll call him Bobby C, emailed me a, uh, a texting or a chatting that he had with a incumbent broadband provider in his area uh, with a, a tech on the other side. We'll call him Gil because that's what his name was. And <laughs> <laughs> so Bobby C reached out to this incumbent broadband provider. Bobby is running a 25 megabit DSL connection down. And he probably gets one megabit up. And he's extremely happy so far with his DSL connection. It works fine for the two folks in his home that stream and use internet and what have you. The only trouble he's having is the upload speed is a little low and he has trouble with video conferencing. So he goes and chats to Gil over there at the incumbent broadband provider. He goes, what is the upload speed that comes with 100 megabits download speed? And of course the answer comes back, well, you can for 200 megabits, <laughs> you can get five megs up. And Bob's like, uh, well, awesome. Uh, that's great. But I'm wondering what the 100 megabit package offers. <laughs> that's what his question was. Well, it depends on what you connect online, Gil says. So then, of course, uh, Gil says, so why would you need more than 100 meg? Why you would need more than 100 megabits depends on what you do online and the number of users' devices you connect. Now, of course, Bobby C says, Hey, Gil, I'm currently on DSL uh, with 25 megabits, and that's working fine, including streaming video. But I want to, I want faster upload speeds for my video conferencing. He asks Gil again, what is the upload speed of a 100 megabits package? And Gil goes, I listed it above. Well, uh, he didn't really. Uh, Bob, B- Bobby C says, you didn't indicate with the, that the 5 megabits came with the, um, 100 megabits also. So it's 200 megabits has 5 megabits according to Gil, and so does the 100 megabit speed, which doesn't make any sense. 
So basically, they they go back and forth, right? Trying to just Gil is pushing and pushing and talking about dealing with um, his performance, and the key here is that what Gil's trying to do is is turn the conversation to download speed, and not either not understanding that video conferencing does require upload speed improvement, not download speed improvement, um, and they go back and forth just pretty much to to no real end here where Gil just doesn't want to concede that the 25 megabits Bobby C is using now is he's happy with he just needs better upload speed. So the moral of the story is this, when you're getting when you're talking to these internet companies and you're looking to improve your bandwidth uh, again, I've, we've said this many times. If you're probably a family of five, like I am, 100 megabits is plenty of download speed. And in Bobby C's case, 25 megabits is fine for him. But if you if you want to have good video conferencing uh, performance, Zoom recommends 1.5 to 3 megabits of upload speed. So all Bobby C was trying to get at was that. So to answer Bobby C's question, as I'm sure he already knows, you know, yes, the slowest broadband offering of this incumbent internet provider of five megabits is more than enough to give you improvement on your um, video conferencing speeds. Um, so be careful out there. Moral of the story, don't let them sell you 500 megabit download speeds. It's really, you know, it's ridiculous. It's like putting in a subway to your home and you only really need a, a tiny little, little, little mouse hole. <laughs> you don't need that much bandwidth and they and unfortunately the the internet providers know that but they're hoping you don't cnet has a great article that we're going to put out here for you that actually breaks down the megabit usage if you don't believe me based on each thing you do whether it be streaming video um using online video games it tells you how much bandwidth you need so for web browsing you need three to five megabits so again out of a hundred megabit bandwidth right you only need three to five megabits social media three to five megabits. Video calls, three to five megabits. This is all download speed. Uh, high definition streaming, five to 10 megabits. Online gaming, three to six megabits. 4K streaming, which is ridiculous. You can't tell the difference, but if you want to use it, fine. 25 megabits. So if you have, you can do the math here. If you have a 50 or 100 megabit connection, you got plenty of bandwidth, guys. Uh, and the number of devices they keep talking about is kind of bogus, right? I mean, are you going to have four people in your home all watching 4K movies at the same time on different devices using 100 megabits? I highly doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you did, you only need 100 megabits to do it. So uh, don't let them sell you more than you need. They just want you to pay for a bunch of bandwidth. Well, we're in a time when, you know, common sense and logical thinking is that kind of downplayed. <laughs> yeah. Well, though, not, it's not even that. Uh, the, the internet companies are preying on the fact that you guys don't know, right? And that's what our show is all about: is to try to help everyone get a little better understanding of technology, so you're not you're not played by these folks. So it is what it is. That's the information out there for you. But I wanted to talk about it. What else you got here, Bob? Okay. I thought this one was really good. It's a CNET article. Yeah. How coronavirus stimulus funds helped one state create a quote 
broadband miracle, unquote. A broadband miracle? A broadband miracle. We could use that here in Connecticut, <laughs> well, couldn't we? You not, yeah, we've, been, we've been trying to get it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, go go NetSpeed is the closest thing to the miracle, but what do you got here in this in this state? Which state are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about the sta- the sun parts of the Sunflower, uh, well, it's Sunflower County, Mississippi. Mississippi? Mississippi. No wonder. All right, broadband okay. miracle. Go for it. Okay. So when uh, Lieutenant uh, Governor... Delbert Holzman and lawmakers in the Mississippi legislature got $1.2 billion in federal money from the first stimulus bill in March. They decided to do something different. They used a portion of the funds to supercharge the rollout of high-speed broadband to the most underserved areas of the state in an effort to close the digital divide. Nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. They went to rural electric co-ops which are private, independent electric utilities owned by the members they serve, right. many of which were left gobsmacked by the offer, according to David O'Brien, general manager of Delta Electric Power Association. It's not often you can get gobsmacked by the government. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, but it's usually in a bad way. <laughs> okay, so Delta Electric Power Association, which now serves Carroll and Granada counties with broadband. Yeah. Many of these co-ops have been preparing to deploy networks but lack the cash to begin a major project, especially in the most remote and sparsely populated uh, parts of their territories. Yeah. The result has been an acceleration in broadband deployment that could make Mississippi one of the most connected states in the nation within the next five to six years. Amazing. That's a huge leap for the state, which last year ranked 42 out of 50 in Broadband Now's 2020 connectivity rankings. Wow. The uh, FCC says that at least 35% of rural Mississippians lack access to broadband. Right. While the dilemma of broadband gap is complicated by faulty data, the progress shown in Mississippi illustrates how the right combination of money and public policy can bridge <laughs> the digital divide, something that we're lacking here, I think. <laughs> exactly. Well, the thing, one of the things that you're, I'm not sure if you're going to get to it, but you told me off air, in 2018, the legislature in Mississippi said that you, you didn't have to force electric companies to only sell electricity. That's correct. That was the one of the big legislative changes in Mississippi that allowed this to happen. Electric companies can sell other things. Huh, so, what a concept. Even before the pandemic hit, Mississippi lawmakers had already begun to set their public policy to encourage newcomers to the end broadband market. In January 2019, then-Governor Phil Bryant had signed the Mississippi Broadband Enabling Act, which removed a 1942 regulation that prevented electric cooperatives from offering anything other than electricity to their members. In 1942, why would some legislator have the forethought to hammer down and say, you know, these electric companies, they might be they might be real smart. Let's make sure they can't sell anything more than electricity, and let's put in a law to make sure they can't. We don't want progress. I mean, oh, boy. I think they were trying to block the electric companies from putting in telephone service at the time. And guess what? If they had, maybe we would have more. We would have better telephone service. <laughs> I mean, Besides uh, Bell, just my Bell there, which uh, was crushing us as far as long distance calls. Well, remember how much we were paying for the telephones? Yeah, all on the good side, they lasted forever. Yeah, but on the bad side, they never got better. Exactly. So, that, uh, yeah, you're probably right. That that legislator probably wanted to help his buddy at AT and T or Ma Bell. He got That's some right. sort of comp campaign contribution, and we get crappy internet. 100 and some odd billion years later, <laughs> we're going to fix it. So that's great news. We'll put a link up here for yep, you. Yep, Mississippi yep. is going to leapfrog 
Yes, probably us in Connecticut too. Uh, even though you know we've talked about Whip City Fiber, we've had them in from Massachusetts. They're a manu- they're a, a Massachusetts electric company, Whip City. The folks who you know the buggy whip capitals of the world, uh, which is just an amazing irony, have <laughs> faster internet than most of us in the area because they were allowed as an electric company to roll out fiber. What a concept! They already have access to the poles. Not only faster, but cheaper. Oh, massively cheaper. <laughs> uh, so great, Mississippi. You know, good for them. And, and again, COVID relief funds, one point two billion dollars. I guess you can splash a lot of money around well, and they make got, a lot of. They're using $75 million out of that. Only $75 million. Okay. Only $75 million. Right. But they're, all, they're targeting... Drop in the bucket. They're targeting the rural. underrepresented rural areas, not the urban areas. Right. Because uh, otherwise they wouldn't be able, because normally what they would do in their plan was uh, urban areas, because then they could start getting an immediate feedback with right. cl- clients uh, si- signing up. Right. So. Well, good news. Good news. We see some broadband improvement thanks to COVID. Thanks to COVID. So we're going to be here um, uh, until 11 o'clock. We are live. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. If you're using LastPass, I have some bad news for you. We'll get, we'll get back to that after this quick break. We'll be right back. So when you hear this tune, you know you're the commodity, right? This is our <laughs> this is our when it's free you're the commodity update. LastPass, right? LastPass password manager. Everyone talks about LastPass. Oh, great way to manage your passwords. Well, they're in the hot seat over web trackers. A security researcher recommends dropping LastPass after a privacy advocacy group discovered seven web trackers in the password manager. Uh, LastPass slate of web trackers is in the spotlight for secu- uh, yes it's the same thing I just said I hate when they do that um, so basically you're looking at seven trackers uh, in the Android version of, of LastPass hey Matt I'm getting a really bad uh, echo just so you know maybe you can fix that for me um, so seven trackers in, the, in this version of LastPass so be careful uh, when, you're, when it was free you're the commodity now you probably know that LastPass is no longer free <laughs> They're not charging you. And a lot of people are looking for alternative password trackers. Um, I brought up Bitwarden, and believe it or not, it is has two trackers in it itself. Bitwarden is a open-source password manager that I've been trying, and it, it works pretty well, but it's got two trackers in it. It's If it's free, you're the commodity. Uh, it is a free password manager. Um, so you're looking at... Uh, Two options here. One password and KeyPass have no trackers, according to this privacy group. Uh, we'll put a link up here to this article. But again, you wonder why it's free. It's because you're the There's commodity. no such thing as free. No. <laughs> They're the friendly strangers in the Black Sedan, right, Bob? Yep. Hop into their car. I got th- pictures, candy, I'm a... Wonderful man. Yeah, or in this case, a wonderful <laughs> password app. Uh, so keep it in mind that these these companies are not out here for the your good. They're out there for their good, um, which we don't begrudge them. I mean, IT people have known to give people stuff for free since Bill Gates offered Windows operating system for free to crush OS 2. Uh, 
you know. <laughs> and I've sadly been around th- that long to know that whole process. Uh, but OS two was a basically a, an operating system from IBM, which was better actually, much better, uh, b- very good quality operating system. And we probably would have much less security trouble these days if OS two had won the battle. But they chose to charge, and businesses said, "Well, Microsoft's given it to me for practically nothing, Eric. I don't know why OS two. Let's buy. Let's go ahead with the Windows operating system." And then here we did. And now it's the year 2020, and we're getting hacked like crazy. <laughs> you know, it might have been nice to have a second operating system out there at the time, OS2, to grow along with Windows in something called competition, well, but they could do it for they free. They were in a collaborative, uh, 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 they were working together, IBM and Microsoft, to collaborate on OS2. And then they couldn't agree on certain things and right. uh, decided that they would split and go in different directions. Right. So LastPass is doing the same thing. Be aware of that. Um, Bob, anybody on the on the phone here right now? Just checking. It's four lines wide open, I think. Oh, we got three lines wide open. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Feel free to get online. We'll put these uh, links up here for you to review. And let's go to Mark in Bristol first. Hey, Mark, what's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, yeah, morning. for a Windows 7 question. Ah, why not? We still got clients out there using it no matter how much we tell them they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of my volunteers is using Windows 7, uh, and yep. he has some issues. And with Windows 10 and Quick Assist, it's the blink of an eye, and you can get onto their PC and help them out. Um, mm-hmm. Spent like an hour and a half yesterday trying to get on his Windows 7 machine with my 7 machine that I keep just for that purpose, and I couldn't do it. Um, I, I did a little bit of research, and it seems like a lot of people have the same issue that I'm having, and the resolve is, is uh, I have the message right up here now. It says, uh, remote assistance assist can't make the connection. Try to identify the issue and resolve network problems. You know, in other words, go find out for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we we did everything conceivable. We He sent me the password many, many times. Yeah. And, it tries to connect. It's just, you know, trying to connect and uh, it's just something like attempting again or something like that. And then we get this message. So we're doing everything right, but I'm just wondering if it even works anymore. Uh, 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 remote assistance in Windows 7. I know it, there's there's another option. It's called Easy Connect. Right. And that's supposed to be even easier. That right off the bat immediately doesn't work. It just it doesn't go elsewhere. And I'm not say that but any thoughts so go ahead bob my first uh question did you try uh turning off your firewall and second disabling your antivirus um the second the second we kind of addressed because i found out that he had two antiviruses running both of which were expired and he had no virus protection (laughs) (laughs) but they're both running chewing up cpu cycles right so if they were if uh, they were uh, Norton or McAfee, you may have had a Norton and or McAfee firewall that, when wow. you uninstall it, it stays behind. Right, and it's blocking your <laughs> and access. It's blocking it, so that's that's a possibility. Uh, the other thing is is that uh, yeah, it's, so it's antivirus firewall and uh, and then if that doesn't work, uh, I would recommend that you get some third party like Show My PC or AnyConnect or something oh. like that. Right. Great idea. Great idea. I remember you guys mentioned that one time to me, and I ended up doing a bit of research, and it, and it looked like the, the 
integral Windows 10, uh, you know, conduit worked pretty well. So I forgot about Show My PC. That might could that overcome an issue left behind by uh, McAfee because he did have McAfee and that Russian. Uh, what's the Russian one? Kaspersky. Yes, Kaspersky. Yes. <laughs> so. so they sold him the computer with McAfee. Of course, they 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 tell him he's uh, got to renew it and or turn it on. Of course, people never do that. He just let it go. Right. And then somebody he doesn't know who installed Kaspersky, and that ran out as well. So now the viruses are having a fall too, which I'm sure because he's telling me things, and I'm and I'm envisioning, you know, the viruses that would do that. So, but if I can get through, I can fix everything for him. But I right. can't get through. So uh, that Kaspersky or these other things can be downloaded unintentionally. If you go to, uh, let's say, uh, Adobe, and you get the free Adobe, you have to uncheck right. the ability to install this other stuff. Uh, and as far as getting rid of the firewall and all that other, you have to go to either McAfee or Norton and download their uninstaller. Yeah, walk them through the yeah. uninstaller, and that'll take care of removing any remnants. Try the other alternative to connect. Uh, that, you can also try TeamViewer as well as an option, and uh, go from there. Or you can go to his house. He keeps asking me to go, and he's begging me to go, actually, but with this COVID thing, and he's an older gentleman, uh, I, I don't know that it's a great idea. Yeah, play it safe. Play it safe for now. Yeah. Wait, until, wait until April when the herd is all set. So hope that helps you. are going to coming up against a hard break, Mark. Okay, thank you so much, sir. You're welcome. Thank Good you. luck. Thank you. You're welcome. Feel free to get online, guys. We have one line open for you. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. A couple lines open for you on this dreary Saturday morning in Connecticut. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Mike G is feverishly posting everything we've talked about so far over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. And if you follow us on Facebook, uh, over if you if you still follow anybody on Facebook after you've watched The Social Dilemma, uh, you can go <laughs> ahead and uh, like Tab Computer Systems. And if Mark Zuckerberg deems the news worthy and you're not in Australia, well, I can't say that anymore. Australia and Zuckerberg, I guess, came to an agreement. So even if you're in Australia, you might get the news in your news feed. Uh, so let's get right to your – well, actually, Bob, Wonder, before you get to your call, so Chris and Mike, hang on. Bob has a little quick in, inside technology story about a smart TV he just got yesterday, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's I, a uh, geek, remember, and he had some fun. So uh, my uh, three sons got together yeah. secretly, okay? <laughs> nice. And they pulled, them, they pulled their resources, and they bought mom and dad – a brand new Samsung 55-inch smart TV. Very nice kids. Okay. Yeah. So my son came to visit last night. Yeah. Okay. Actually, the night before, you know, yesterday. You know, he started setting it up. <laughs> so we took the old Vizio uh, off, off the, the wall. wall. <laughs> <laughs> put up the new shiny Samsung. Well, we couldn't get the new one up, but we put it on the, you know, uh, we, we right. put yeah, it on the Right, yeah, the screws stands. are a little short. Yeah, 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 the screws are short. So anyway... Um, Started setting it up, mm -hmm. and could, it won't let you do anything with it until you do a firmware update. You right. have to agree to the EULA. Right. Samsung now will know everything you're watching. Okay. So you agree <laughs> to the EULA, but you can't agree to the EULA until you connect to the Internet. 
Right. And there was something wrong with my internet. I'm thinking, BS, there's <laughs> something wrong with this TV. Right. Well, guess what? Yeah. We went through everything. We could not get it to connect. How many hours of time? About two hours. Right. So even geeks have to bang on this stuff for a few hours. Right. So then my son goes and Googles it, and they gave like four suggestions. The last one was yeah. do a factory reset on your smart TV, even nope. though it's never been connected to anything and set up. Never been updated because you can't. Because okay. your TV, is, your, your internet's bad, according to Samsung, right? Your so network. Yeah. We did a factory reset. Yep. Okay. And some screens came up that didn't show the first time around. <laughs> yep. So we went through it, got it set up, and lo and behold, it did the firmware update, and we were golden. It actually found 47 over-the-air TV channels. Nice. And it found uh, Samsung TV. Which I don't even know how many channels that's got yet. <laughs> all right, awesome. <laughs> so Those there's channels free. in there, yeah, all free. Yep. So we do have subscription to uh, Disney and mm -hmm. uh, Amazon Prime and Netflix that we haven't configured yet, but right. And the the uh, TV guide, yeah, it shows the program guide. Yeah, it shows all of the things. My oh, the TV was well over ten years old. Yeah. So it would only show you the information on the currently running program, but this right. shows. What's what's in the future, and you can actually program it to go to that. Very good. So yeah, it's pretty smart. It's nice. Just and took the two hours. Quality is unbelievable. Out of the box, though, it took two hours, and you had to default it to make it work. Yes. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. And of course, the screws are too long, too short. What is it about these manufacturers? I had the same problem with the Sony TV I put up recently. The screws are a mess. You guys, you put a whole TV in the box, and you can't give us a few different sizes of millimeter screws. No, that's crazy. I mean, when you're when you're mounting this stuff on the wall, it's different distances. You know, you might have a mount that you put in five, six years ago based on X configuration. You can't provide me with different length screws in your silly TV box. A bag, a little screws. Well, the, the mounting, the mounting holes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For my old Vizio, were almost flush. Maybe uh, you know an eighth of an inch deep. Right. Okay. Yeah. This new one, it's about an inch. Right. Or an inch and a half deep before you hit the threads. Right. So you so, need longer screws. And you got to be careful you don't get, get them too long so they don't poke a hole in the back of your screen. Well, there's that too, <laughs> yes. But just give us some more screws for crying out loud. You know how painful it is to go to Home Depot and try to find the millimeter screw you need for a guy like me who's not very handy? Yeah, you got to go through those 10,000 drawers they have. Yeah. <laughs> I, I reached out to the manufacturer. I'm like, Sony, we're, sorry, we can't help you on your li this line with that. Your TV is fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I need the screws. I can't mount the thing. Oh, it's just crazy. Modern problems, right? First world, pro first world problems, as it were. Well, that's great, Bob. So these people know that even geeks like you have fun with their technology. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two hours of time gone. You're never going to get it back. <laughs> so let's go to your calls. Let's go to Chris in, in Granby and see what he's got cooking. What's going on, Chris? Good morning. Morning. I am, uh, I've been listening to you for many, many years, and I finally have an opportunity to call. Oh, very good. Um, so I have a, a very small business with four people that uh, work out of the office in our house, mm -hmm. and I'm running Windows Server 2012 uh, R2 yep. for small business. Um, and everything was fine until the pandemic, and then people start working from home, and they RDP in. Yep. And you can only have two people on at a time. And so we, uh, I tried, I bought the cows, uh, 10 cows to add people. Yep. And, uh, it didn't work. It was brand new, um, you know, uh, retail version. 
Right. The twenty. You're probably about twenty nineteen cows, right, Chris? Exactly. Yeah. And it, it was expensive, but it didn't work. And right. um, so, as a workaround, we used um, remote PC. Right. Uh, to get that third person in on a different computer that was in the office. Sure. But the quality of the the interaction with remote PC is is barely usable. And so I was researching, trying to figure out. We tried VPN. That didn't work either. And I was wondering if uh, maybe you guys had another solution. Well, VPN is a big misnomer. Um, VPN is just a uh, a virtual extension cable going from point A to point B. So VPN doesn't get you that remote desktop thin connection that you're looking for. When you use uh, the remote desktop of a terminal server like you're trying to configure here on your 2012, you're only showing the other end the picture of the screen, so the megabits going back to the other end are just the screen I/O, just the picture. Right. When you do when you do a VPN, you literally drag the entire database or the entire Word document or Excel document across that VPN, which is many times thinner than you can get a good quality performance out of, and that's why people have troubles with VPN. So I would tell you that we had another caller that we t- called in, and we talked about using maybe TeamViewer or. Um, uh, what other any connect all sorts of any desk any desk all sorts of flavors of of remote desktop you could do to solve your issue here and get that person a better you know log me in well um, the other thing is is i think for well i don't know how many people you have but four no for four people yeah it wouldn't be worth putting in a uh you know, uh, remote desktop server, which... No, and you can't anyways because the licensing is so, so far different. And then the other thing is, is you know, how powerful is the hardware that it's it's sitting on? That's true, too. Yeah, the server itself has to be capable of time slicing upwards of four sessions, so if it's a lower-end yeah, server. It's, no, it's not a lower-end. It's uh, custom-made uh, just for us. And oh. it, uh, uh, we have RAID drives set up with... Uh, uh, four two terabyte hard drives. Uh, it's it's water cooled. I mean, it's it's a big <laughs> server. Yeah, water cooled for four users is unique. Um, so yeah, I mean, you could also you could try spinning up a virtual terminal server then on that host, um, but it might be a little more trouble than it's worth. The twenty twelve R two is going to be end of life in twenty twenty three, and there's some security concerns too. You got to be aware of with uh, terminal server and RDP. You got to be careful with. Uh, really, you really want to lock down that remote connection to IP addresses, um, so that you're not having you know someone out in the third world try to knock on your front door and get into your computer. And strong passwords. Strong passwords. Yeah, so we do. Yep, we use strong passwords. We have um, on the router everything is uh, static IP addresses, um, and uh, we have not only do you have to uh, use the pa- uh, your own password. Uh, on your own login ID, but there's a separate strong password as well just to even uh, get into the RDP at all uh, through the server. Okay. I mean, sorry. I'm sorry, through the router. Sure. The other thought you could do is have a VPN just to establish the connection. So there's step one, VPN. You only allow a VPN connection to your... Do you have a static IP, I assume, at home or no, from your yeah. internet? Well, it, it's, it's in the house, but it's, a, it's the business version. Yeah. It's a, it's, everything's commercial. 
Good, good, good. So your people could connect with a VPN to establish a connection to your Granby office, right? And then you could have a two-factor authentication with a product called Duo that then would allow only those people to authenticate. Uh, now they're connected over that little VPN, and then they would remote desktop into whatever devices they want to connect to on the on the because they're going to be now on the local network. So you'll go to that local IP address and and bring it up. Now you're really secure if you want to be secure. Right, um, right, passwords right. are good. Yeah, passwords are good. You also want to have timeouts and, and session timeouts that are forced. Um, so you can't have somebody keep trying to bang on your server and, and guess passwords all day long. You want to have those passwords, uh, X number of tries, need to then kill the connection. So keep all that in mind too, Chris. Okay. Great. Um, so, yeah, try some other try some other remote desktop software. I think that's the best option for you for now. Um, or, you know, you might need some, a company to help spin up a virtual terminal server on that box because it sounds powerful enough, but the operating system is so old that it wouldn't be doing you a good service to have any any professional company spin up a term server on a box that old. Yeah, I was just trying to avoid the time. It's not so much the expense, but the time of changing to a different operating system. I understand. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took me a week to set up uh, <laughs> server 2012. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. But, you know, it's the same problem with our client base. You know, most of our client base, small to mid-sized companies, are not anxious to change their operating systems of their servers. However, you know, companies like us have it down to a science where we are the disruption of our of our clients is extremely minimal. Um, so they're able to almost not even notice when the new server comes in. They're they're minimally disrupted. But uh, I understand your your issue there. Hopefully that helps you, Chris. Well, Gave you some ideas. Yeah, I'll try the other um, the other uh, applications. And if that doesn't work, you might have made a sale here. Okay, and and keep those licenses right. No matter what, those those 2019 remote desktop licenses are yours. So in the future, when you go to a 2019 server, they'll be usable. So we, a company could spin up a domain for you, a 2019 DC, and then do a, a virtual uh, term server, and now you have exactly what you need, um, all okay. built in. That sounds great. I was hoping yeah. I didn't totally waste my money buying the cows. You did not. Nope, not at all. Okay, great. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your help. You're welcome, Chris. Thanks for calling. Yep, have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to step out for a, a quick break and get back to your calls. Three lines open, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC on this rainy Saturday morning. What are you going to do? You can't go outside. You can't go see anybody. You can't You can't do anything with friends. You can't go bowling. You can't do nothing. Cuddle up with your computer and give us a call. I had an inch of snow this morning on my driveway. Yeah, I did have a little, little, little snow, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's going to be March in just a couple days, So, and herd is coming in April, I hope. So everything everything's looking brighter. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we got three lines open for you. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And we'll be happy to do what we can to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Uh, we do have Mike from Wallingford on the line. So let's see what we can do to help Mike out. What's going on, Mike? Mike, you there? Mike, you there? Hey, Mike. Just checking with you, bud. Oh, boy. We might have lost Mike. He's probably listening no, just, to the uh, got to take got to take the mute button off the phone. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that button is always a button somewhere. Yeah, yeah. If I had a nickel, if I had a nickel for some for uh hearing the word you're on mute this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> be driving yeah. a different car. <laughs> so what's what's going on, yeah, Mike? You bet. Hey, I've got a, a Microsoft Surface, uh great little computer. Um must have been tinkering around with it uh lately trying to make it more efficient or something. Okay. Um but right now 
uh, some of my embedded links in like an email or on a web page or something. Um, when I you know, click on it, nothing happens. I have to right-click and open in a new tab or in a new window. Okay, but it works. That works? Yes. It's probably that's a feature setting you choose. Like, yeah. yeah, you want to do open in the same window, and, it, because, and that's important. Why? Or, 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 no, I just want to be able to click on it. Why should I have to right-click and instruct it to do it as opposed to just click on it and have it, have it happen automatically? I understand. I understand. It could be a security feature. There's a lot of issues with links in emails that cause uh, ransomware. Um, you might have turned something on to force that right-click. Um, I've not seen that myself. How about you, Bob? Yeah, I've seen it before. You're trying to think of where to find it, the answer It's a to security it, right? setting. Yeah. I'll bet you it got changed during an update. Could have. <laughs> um, we can try to find that link for you there. So you just want to double-click and let it, let it go rather than right-click. It is probably a, a security feature. Uh, Would that be in Windows uh, or, or? It could or be most likely Edge in Chrome. Are you using Chrome or I'm Edge? Use, I'm, I am using Edge on this computer. It, I would start with Edge. There's probably a setting in Edge that talks about links um, and how to execute the links, like what your preferences are with links. Um, so you'd want to go to the Edge settings. I don't recommend using Edge. So I have not had any idea in Edge where that would be. Bob, do you? Yeah, it's pretty close to Google, except they put it in different places. <laughs> So it's, it's the well, same, they have the same it's the same settings. different. Well, you know, <laughs> Google puts their settings when you click on it. It goes down to the bottom of the page, or the whole page, you go down to the bottom. Yeah. But Microsoft put their settings kind of on the left side uh -huh. in a column. So, yeah. <laughs> so, if, so, if I'm in, so if I'm in settings, uh, and, and would it be under you know privacy or... Um, it, it could be under... Okay, I'm under security. I'm security. Under security, yeah. Look in your now, security, okay, look for... Hyperlinks. Now here's, yeah, here's a question. I'm glad we found this because that's just something I want to ask you about. Um, on the security, you've, you've got uh, two buttons here, two options for either use current service provider um, for your, um, okay, it's uh, use secure DNS to specify how to look up the network address for websites. That's right. activated. And I got Good. two choices. Use current service provider um, or uh, choose a service provider. And when I go to choose a service provider, you know, that's not an option. Um, I did <laughs> recently change my, I mean, no, I, I, yeah, there's nothing, there's no drop down that, that right. click on that. Uh, I did recently, um, change my router settings. So it's going to open DNS. Then you're good. To, you're good by default. Okay. So it's okay. handing out, if, if you get your router settings all set and it's handing out the, those DNS information, you're all set. You're already, you're already doing what you're supposed to be doing. So within, within that edge, we're looking feverishly to try to find where you would set back that link. Uh, that, that click for you within Edge. We may, it may take us some time this morning to find it because um, who knows where you turned it on or turned it off. I mean, if anybody yeah. else out there has any ideas as to where you change your hyperlink settings in Edge, we'd love to know. Um, unfortunately, as geeks, we can't memorize them all. And we, sure. we rarely recommend Edge, unfortunately. It's not well, one of those. You think I, I use Chrome on my, my other computer, so I should probably switch this one over to Chrome as well. Well, there's your fix. I just we just that, fixed that, it for that, you then. <laughs> that, that, that might fix it. I wasn't sure if it was related to the to to, to that. Uh, no, it will fix it. But I, I use I use Chrome and uh, I've got Norton uh, on those. I should check that. Well, Mike, well. one thing though, one thing when you're the, these embedded links are in, are in browser-based email in Edge. Is that where you're seeing them? I'm seeing it um, probably. I believe it's you know just just yeah. There would be a link within an email, and the other thing I've noticed is, say I'm on a uh, a, a company like a retailer's um, 
you know, website and I'm looking at different items. And if I want to go from page one to page two, it never moves to page two. When you click on the link? When I click on the, you know, the advanced arrow to go to the next page. So you say if you're looking at a bunch of different TVs or something and you want to yeah. go to the next page, there's 27 of them on there on like 12 per page. Yeah. Go to the second page. It won't, it won't go to the second page. So here's another reason to get rid of Edge. Just get rid of Edge. Um, <laughs> um, use use Chrome and see if it has a better does a better job for you on your internet browsing. I mean, I think that's where you should just stop. Don't try to fix Edge. Um, okay. Go to Chrome. Enjoy enjoy the Google Plex. Your data will be safe with Google. <laughs> um, uh, but at least the browser will work. And hence the Norton security. Um, yeah. And also, I just switched to uh, DuckDuckGo for oh. any. Thoughts on that? Yeah, no, it's great. They're supposed to offer more secure, more private browsing, so I, I would commend you on that. Let us know how you like it. All right, very good. Oh, and I, I and we spoke a few weeks back, and I, I talked about uh, going um, uh, to cut the cable and, and yeah. going to. Uh, I, I did get Fubo, and I'm pretty happy with it. Fubu, okay, good. Yeah, and you get yeah. Nesson, I think, with Fubu. So good exactly. choice. Exactly. That's that's why we went there. Yep. All right, Mike. Well, it sounds like you've made some good improvements, and I would tell you to kick Chrome, to, uh, kick Edge to the curve, and go to Chrome. All right, man. All right, Don. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.